This is Alyssa. And I'm Mel. And this is the Arcane Dames Podcast. The trauma-informed, liberation-oriented tarot podcast. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Arcane Dames Podcast. Today is going to be a juicy one juicy it's gonna be juicy i hope it gets a little intense i hope it gets a little i hope we fight i don't think we're gonna fight it was a joke (laughs) you know what fuck it let's fight um (laughs) we are talking about the hierophant number five in the major arcana sure is he is divisive inflammatory political (laughs) like kidding but not kidding and i'm really excited to talk about this card Mm -hmm. he brings the drama he does bring the drama (laughs) so mel what is your what is your overview of the hierophant who is he what's his vibe he is authority okay he is structure and belief system and there's a hugely religious context here where he he's basically like a priest or like i feel like you could almost even compare him to the pope absolutely like you know so it's all about that. Like, think of someone who's devoutly Catholic. Like, they are so bound by those rules. Mm-hmm. So that's the energy he carries for me. And I will go so far as to interpret it often in a reading as my querent needs to belong to a new set of rules. Mm-hmm. They need to shift their set of rules or, like, challenge or rewrite their rules. If this is in a relationship reading, depending on the placement, I'll be like, you guys can be together if you do things a drastically, like, different way. Yeah. Which I think is probably how some people see it reversed. But for as someone who's not reading reversals right now, yeah, like the spread would really tell me that. But in general, I mean, it's about authority, and I would often urge someone getting this card to be of their own volition and morality and not give in to the greater. I don't know why I can't think of like a word for it besides authority but like the greater structure infrastructure yeah i think system potentially the word you're looking for is institution it is (laughs) (laughs) why couldn't i think of the word institution institution is a huge word for this card that's like yeah it is you know the hierophant formerly known as the pope in the tarot so basically when rider weight was naming these cards um he could have gone with a previous life of this same card which was known as the pope 
he also could have gone with the with high priest yeah. right it w- would be the other option for this card in kind of that direct counterbalance to the high priestess which is number two in the major arcana which we will be doing later in this season spoiler alert and i'm so so Ooh. excited because the high priestess is my favorite ah my favorite girly in the whole tarot <laughs> but he didn't go with either of those he went with the hierophant um which is greek for high priest but kind of gives this more like mystery i feel like to the card because hierophant is a much less common word and so you're kind of like what is that what does that mean so there's this huge sense of authority there's tons of pope imagery in the card like Robert M. Place in Tarot History, Symbolism, and Divination goes so far as to say, like, it is clear that the person depicted in the card is the Pope. Yeah. He just doesn't call it that. Yeah. So there's this huge institutional authority coming down. And I think that the other thing that's important to say is we are specifically talking about spiritual authority when we're talking about the Hierophant. Right. And it doesn't mean that it has to be just pertaining to, like, church and spirituality because i think that many aspects of our institutional world govern us on a spiritual level right like it doesn't mean this is about the organized religion in your life right it's like right but it is indirectly related to the way that those larger structures govern our spirituality yep so yeah so it's that spiritual authority which i would say like in direct contrast to the emperor card Mm. which also has that really strong air of authority in the tarot um but is going to be talking about authority more over your day-to-day the physical world other realms of your life whereas Mm. the hierophant is spiritual authority Mm mm-hmm And I agree with you because of who I am and how I read Mm -hmm. and what I believe. I oftentimes interpret this card as a call for the querent to turn to their inner authority. Yes. And question authority. Yeah. Question what they see as an authority and why. Right. And how they can find that power within themselves. But, oh, it's such a, it's such a fun it's such a fun card, man. I know. Because there's something to be said about self-governing when it comes to this card. Like, it's it's more so, like, how do you become the Hierophant in your own life, right? And the people bowing down to him in the image, in the original, like, Rider-Waite-Smith, like, you can either be them or you can be the one in control. And, like, being the one in control doesn't mean you have to have people bowing to you. It's just, like, you bowing to yourself. Right. Like, is my vibe with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And really, this this has been my favorite card to prep for in a long time because mm-hmm. I so deeply enjoyed reading everybody's interpretations and philosophies on the Hierophant. Yeah. It is just such an engaging card. You know, I think I oftentimes have like a knee-jerk negative association with the Hierophant. Right. In the sense of, you know, um, you may not have realized this, but Mel and I were both raised Catholic. We never talk about it. 
Um, but <laughs> you're so silly. <laughs> but we were both raised Catholic, and so we do kind of have that, like, you know, the the Pope. What is he doing here? I don't want that guy to tell me what to do. Do you know <laughs> that man? I don't know that man. But at the same time, if we're talking about a religious teacher, a spiritual teacher, uh, somebody with perhaps more knowledge and wisdom than you have, Mm -hmm. somebody to guide you and be a mentor, that's not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And... There is this tension there for me. Oh, yeah. Between saying, okay, maybe this is a time to seek out mentorship and learn from somebody else, but also not in a way where you're giving away your power. Right. Like, I could almost, what you just said sparked for me Three of Pentacles. Mm. Let's say it's the Hierophant and Three of Pentacles. Trust a mentor, but still make it a collaborative experience. Absolutely. Work with somebody. Don't give them all your autonomy. Like. 100%. And and that is, I think, what is so difficult and dangerous with organized religion. Also, at the... The other side of the coin is I think that that's a lot of the draw to organized religion is that you don't have to do that difficult work of deciding for yourself what is you what you believe, what's your morality, what's your, you know, North Star. Yeah. You get to just say, okay, somebody else is worrying about that for me, so I don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, then you're leaving yourself open to being taken advantage of or simply just not being in control of your own life and choices it's giving cult it is giving call it's absolutely giving call and like i i want to say like in the best way uh, like i know what you mean because it's like the hierophant is a card where we get to grapple with that and i think that it is I do not want you to walk away from this episode saying that this card is all good or all bad, that religious authority is all good or all bad. I want you to walk away from this episode being excited to grapple with that tension everywhere that it appears in your life. Yeah. I think that we... Yeah, you know, as humans, we want that black and white thinking and we want the answer to be clear cut and easy. And so we want to say, like, um, it it should be all one way or all the other way. But the Hierophant, it's it's an opportunity in the tarot for us to live in that in-between space and really think about what, um, what, like, an external religious authority can give us Mm -hmm. and also what we should not give to those authorities yeah Mm. beautifully said oh i'm so super excited about this card (laughs) (laughs) i want to hear more because everything you're explaining i 100 percent agree with i 100 percent like have been through myself think about a lot etc etc but in general it's a fucking big nuanced like personal but also, like, 
hugely external out of control concept so i really want to hear more about like how you would read this in a spread yeah i think i think that that's tough because i think it depends so much on context yeah i think that it really depends like what we're already talking about Mm -hmm. um you know if the hierophant you use as an example right away is like this card coming up in a relationship reading Mm -hmm. And kind of like maybe needing to like break conventions or do things differently. I think that I would totally bring up the question for my client of like, in what ways do you think you're adhering to conventions in your relationship that might not serve you? Mm. In what ways are you deferring to relationship dynamics that came to you externally Mm. instead of being formed organically Mm -hmm. between you and your partner Mm -hmm. like those are the kinds of questions that are raised for me when the hierophant shows up nice yeah but oftentimes especially i keep staring at my tattoo tarot ink and intuition depiction of the hierophant because he is it's similar to rider wait smith in the sense that it's like this pope ish figure um kind of with two people kneeling in front of him, but instead of his hands being up, he has one hand on like a staff of sorts, which is similar to Rider Waite Smith, but the other hand is touching his chest. Mm. And so there's this very deep feeling of inner knowing for me that always comes out when I see this depiction. Mm -hmm. And I do usually interpret this card as like connecting to your own inner knowing and your own inner authority yeah particularly when i pull it from this deck that makes sense and so many people like i know this is such a wide generalization but in my experience being a professional tarot reader if i've learned anything it's that so many people are so deeply disconnected from themselves that's more common i think than i ever thought like it was yeah People genuinely don't, like when you say, oh, follow your own authority, like what a fish to fry if you don't even know what that means. I know. Like there are so many people who have never made, like, and I guess I just struggle with it because I realized at a very young age that my my household dynamic wasn't healthy. Yeah. So... I knew not to trust the authority that my mom was teaching me because I knew it was wrong. Right. Before I even, like, knew the word abusive, I just felt that it was off. Yeah. So I never was like, oh, my mom said this is the right thing to do. I agree with her. Mm. I would abide by it to not get hurt, but I wouldn't ever internalize it. But I think most people probably do whatever their parents did mm-hmm. and live how I mean, even look at politically, not to open a can of worms, but like I think people blindly follow their parents' political Absolutely. views. And yeah, like I think when this card is coming up, it's it's probably because the client needs to take a nice hard look at all of that. Right. One hundred percent. And I, you know, I think you bringing up politics like 
I do not think that that is different from spiritual authority. I very much think that politics is connected to religion and spirituality very intricately. It tells us. Because there's no actual separation of church and state. 100%. (laughs) And it's so funny that you say that because, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting... Exactly. It was probably Pollock, right? It, it could have been when too, was saying for this card that, uh, was it Descartes that was like one of the first people to really call for separation of church and state? But she was like, the reason that he said that was because he was like, that's too much power for one person to have. So there mm-hmm. should be like state and then there should be church and there should be Mm. religious power separate from governing power Mm -hmm. and she was like but he never questioned if there should be religious power he never questioned that piece of it right and i just love that so much and i think that that's so real and so true but yeah like when it comes to politics i mean especially today right like first of all politics and religion there's like a statistical overlap. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at people who are Catholic and even Christian, you're going to see more people on the right wing of our political spectrum. But also we've made so many things political and we have such a um, like strong government in the sense of like, it has a lot of power that there are not many aspects of our lives that there aren't laws about. And so we're making decisions about life and death and what we believe and how we believe and what we're allowed to do mm-hmm. through politics. Mm-hmm. So it is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like, literally last episode, Mel was talking about how New York State has a law that tarot card readers have to say that they're for entertainment purposes only. Mm -hmm. Like, that is politics being intertwined with spirituality, TT. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Oh. I think that even if it's not inherently political, so many people internalize, like, I don't know, purity culture, for example, Uh huh. affects everybody. Absolutely. Comes from fucked up religion. Right. Like, but has now bled into mainstream, into politics, into like every facet yeah. of our lives. Right. So I think that the Hierophant... And that's why it's such an interesting card to come up in something like a relationship where it's like, are you adhering to norms that if you examine them even a smidge, you'd realize that you don't agree with? And that don't agree with or maybe they just don't serve you. Maybe you did agree with them at a time and now you don't. Or maybe like you do agree with it but need to like practice it in a different way. Right. There's a force of action in the Hierophant, in my opinion, as well. It is not just about making the mental change. I think it's about how you 
act and react within these systems. For sure. In my opinion. For sure. And I mean, I think that like a big piece of the Hierophant is is just bringing like bringing your beliefs and how you embody those beliefs into your conscious awareness Mm -hmm. instead of letting them be something that you're just deferring. You're just deferring externally because it's easier than actually thinking about it. It's like it's giving mind control. It's giving like mindlessly, blindly following, like especially the people who are bowed in the card, like Right. right. Challenge that. It's okay to follow something, but like be informed. Rachel Pollock in 78 Degrees of Wisdom says, The whole idea of an outer doctrine, a code of rules and beliefs accepted on faith, depends on the assumption that most people prefer to have someone else tell them what to do and think. <laughs> this may very well be true. To really discover God inside yourself, you must undergo some uncomfortable confrontations within your own psyche. Similarly, to decide for yourself what is the moral thing to do in all situations might require a constant agony of choice. Nevertheless, many people today simply cannot accept either society or a church bearing the ultimate responsibility for their lives. Mm. Yes. Like, yes to all of that. I I think that that is so true. And and I do, you know, kind of like I've been saying, I think that there's a tension there, a tension where we want somebody to tell us what to do and what to think because it's easier. But we also want free will and autonomy and to be in control of our own lives. And the, and the Hierophant brings up that tension. I think a lot of people say they want control over their own life before they realize what it means 100% I think that people generally and I am not excluding myself from this when I say people I fucking mean me too okay us we can't deal with the discomfort the fact that we might okay so it's like we look for that authority to basically prevent getting in trouble We feel that if we don't, we're like preemptively trying to self-preserve. We feel that if we don't listen to the rules that somebody else decided on, we're going to upset somebody essentially. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like sit in the discomfort of upsetting somebody. You can upset somebody without being unsafe. You can upset somebody without them hurting you. A really powerful thing I've been repeating to myself lately. I did see it on TikTok. No, I don't know the creator's name. I am sorry. If you've seen this and you know them, please let me know and I'll give them credit. But they said, as an adult, you cannot get in trouble with another adult. And that's so powerful. Yeah. That's so powerful to remember. Because fuck, half the reason people don't more than half the reason people ultimately don't do what they want is for fear of quote unquote getting in trouble right right and i mean i also think there's this like desire to absolve ourselves of the consequences of making decisions for ourselves that too like because then there's no one else to blame right exactly if you if you do all of the thinking for yourself then you're the one who made that decision yeah but if somebody else tells you then at least you can say well i was just doing i was just taking orders a big piece here which is very much my personal journey right now but relevant nonetheless right 
is not playing the victim. Not martyring yourself out. Taking on that personal power, it is a gift and a burden. With great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Spider-Man said that, I think. Is that true? Spider-Man. Melobruto. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is the only way that you are going to feel strong and empowered and like you actually have control over your own life but at the same time it is difficult terrifying frustrating and it's really lonely too it requires looking at the way you do everything and look to your point about loneliness sometimes it requires distancing yourself from people you really love yeah because they don't support you aligning right. with yourself. And in being will- really, really willing to say something difficult but honest to people who you otherwise agree with, perhaps. Right. You know, all I c- can think about really during this conversation is like the conversations that people have been having online and in the U.S. surrounding what's happening in Gaza and the Palestinian genocide that's happening in Gaza. And I think that particularly for, you know, people who are liberal or leftists, this is one of those things where, okay, there are these people online who I agree with about most things who are saying some shit that, is really fucked up right now. Mm. So am I going to defer to their authority or am I going to defer to my own? That's so real. And I think in times like this and in dire circumstances, it becomes clearer than ever. And like, I challenge you to think for yourself. Like I, And I've been guilty of this as someone who is undereducated and, you know, willingly. Like, that's on me. Sometimes you want to blindly trust that creator who's known to be a good advocate or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's no way to function. Mm -hmm. That's no way to find your footing in what's going on. Yeah. It's really not. So it it requires you to question yourself and question maybe what drew you to that person, like aligning with that person in the first place, what's different now, like just kind of like looking at the evolution because you are allowed to change your mind too when you learn more information. Yeah. And that's why educating yourself when terrible things are happening in the world is so important because it can only equip you with making better decisions. Absolutely. And 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 by the same token, I don't think that we can, like, in those moments of needing to defer to our own authority, I don't think that we can, like, close our eyes and not listen to anybody else either. Correct. Like, I think it's very important to hear what people are saying. And it's very important to check in with yourself about if you agree with that or not. And it's very important to expose yourself to other people with different opinions and understand where 
these varying feelings are coming from, even if people have good intentions or think that they have good intentions, what is at the core of what you believe and what aligns best with that? Mm -hmm. There are always going to be people who you can align with and look to for leadership in these situations. And so I'm, I'm not saying by any means that like, you know, there's nobody on your Instagram feed who you can agree with anymore. Right. Like, I'm saying that it, it becomes painfully obvious, I think, during moments like this, when we are just coasting on our little, like, this is what's right, and I'm in the group of people who believe the right thing, and I can look to all my peers, and we're all on the same page, and that's right, so I don't have to mm-hmm. think because I'm just coasting through mm-hmm. and we've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. It's moments like this when you have to and you get to dig a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think that real change only happens through that difficulty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a heavy thing to tackle. And yet I think that it's necessary and it even feels natural once you push yourself to do it Mm. you know what I mean absolutely well and it's there's there's a comfort in it like especially for me like at least my little you know Aquarius sun and Scorpio rising right I think I think that Scorpio energy likes to sit in that space of transformation totally um Scorpio's more comfortable in discomfort and in change and in transformation than most signs which is probably why Mel and I do what we do. <laughs> why? But yeah, there's there's a part of me that feels very comforted by these disturbances in our normal narratives mm. around things because I don't think anything about our narratives should be comfortable right now because nothing is fucking okay. Right. And so when I get online and see people feeling very, very comfortable in their lives and what they're doing and like that just, there's like a dissonance there for me that I find deeply uncomfortable. And so when things are more upheavally, <laughs> for lack of a better word, as difficult as that can be, B, I'm almost like, oh, okay, it's not just me. (laughs) Like, Mm. things are actually, like, messy and bad and need to change. Mm -hmm. It's not just me Mm -hmm. that's sitting here thinking that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously, we're framing this whole conversation through social media, which is very interesting, but that's just the world we, like, live in. It's just the reality. Because, like, okay, I I also want to be clear on what you're saying. So, it's upsetting to you when people don't acknowledge what's going on or are you saying like when they only acknowledge it when it's bad i think i'm saying that like you know and and maybe i think social media is probably so relevant here as well because i'm I'm talking about like like trends in our conversation like our public conversation okay right like trends and like what the public is talking about and and so it goes through moments where, you know, there was this uptick of violence in Gaza. And so it's been in the news and people have been talking about it, which is a good thing. 
that people have been talking about it and a very bad thing that it's happening. But the truth is that it's been happening for a very, very long time. So, so a lot of our comfortable beliefs, I think, have been thrown into question. Mm. And a lot of people who felt like maybe they solidly knew what they believed are now in a position of being like, do I actually mm-hmm. know what I believe? And do I actually think that? And do I actually agree with who I agree with? And et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I think that that space of questioning is kind of a constant for me. Yeah. And so when other people are also questioning, it is comforting to me. Got it. So, okay, okay. I, I thought you were saying, like, questioning it was negative. Oh, That's no, why I got no, so confused. no, no, no. like, I think that we should all be questioning, like, yeah. it all the time. But we go through periods where things are so status quo. Yeah. And even if we're, even if, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm a liberal. Like, I want change and, like, you know, vote for whoever. Mm-hmm. There's still... There's still a hierophant energy there, if yeah. you will, of saying you defer to the institution, you trust the institution, this is, you're very comfortable in your beliefs, comfortable in the direction, and these, and I, I do not ever feel that way. Mm. I do not. My mind is constantly trying to think outside of what we have yeah. currently and how we can build something different, because I believe at my core that at, most of what we have built is yucky, horrible, terrible, oppressive bullshit. Burn it down. <laughs> I was th- I was thinking about um, this quote, I guess ish, uh, the other day because something that Adrian Marie Brown says a lot is that right now we are living inside the imagination of a white man, and we need to we need to use our imaginations so that what is outside in the real world didn't come from the imagination of a white man came from the imagination of marginalized and oppressed people right love that so much (laughs) um but yeah like i'm i'm constantly i feel like i'm constantly walking around like none of this is okay and in these moments of upheaval that throw our comfort in the west off Mm -hmm. I find that deeply comforting yeah because I think that that's what we all need to be doing and I think that these are moments of opportunity yeah for us and that's not I mean I hope that that doesn't come across as me saying like that I'm glad about what's happening in the Middle East no and like I just think that it's only through us seeing and engaging with the uncomfortable truth that real change is gonna happen yeah that's a hundred percent true and it's like there is that moment of like relief especially when it's someone like my grandma who is in her 80s starting to change the channel and get more of a true sense of what's going on to the point where she like talked to me like brought it up to me and was like upset about it when like she traditionally might have had a very Fox News reaction. Wow. Was like, wow, people are getting it. Like, there was relief yeah. there. Yeah. Obviously, it sucks that we're in the place where people need to be realizing that. Yeah. 
but that moment but it's yeah like that's our reality like wow people are finally starting to make that shift right and just see it for what it is and something that is great about social media is being able to hear directly from people who are in the middle of it yeah i don't know like i mean it's it's very humanizing yeah for us in the west who have been conditioned to dehumanize like i think everything in our conditioning has tried to teach us to dehumanize people who are not american not white not western whatever and so social media can really cut through that when we see people who maybe subconsciously in our minds are not as real as we are Mm -hmm. uh, being real and in our face right yeah it's hard to feel powerless in it yeah i mean i think that yeah there are like like little places to find power and there Mm. is power in talking about it on it yeah but yeah it is very difficult that people's lives are still being lost yeah yeah heavy but that's the card i know that's the card that's the weight it can hold and that's why it's such a powerful card and i think that that's also why being able to do this work on a personal level and connect it back to like larger society and how our personal transformations can transform institutional reality and and material reality on a much broader level like Mm -hmm that is such an important connection to be able to make through the tarot it is if you enjoy the arcane games podcast and want to support us consider becoming a patron with tier options ranging from one dollar to twenty dollars a month there is something for everyone we offer ad-free episodes bonus content a bustling discord community live events and even discounts on private readings with mel and Alyssa. your support truly makes this podcast possible check out patreon.com slash arcane dames thank you So Pollock very much sees this card kind of in the vein of what we were talking about, this like institutional power control, etc. Um, but she also talks about how um, in going with the Hierophant, that language, instead of like the high priest or the pope, there's this more secretive kind Mm. of feeling to the card mysterious yeah and and so she talks about how basically like the hierophant can represent secrets in a way and Mm. can represent like withholding of information yeah which i think is very relevant when you're talking about power structures right oh yeah in power withholding information from people with less power Mm -hmm. um And she says that, like, this card can represent initiation into a secret doctrine. Hmm. So, like, cults. Yeah. But also the way that, like, a cult is just a less mainstream version of the institutions that everybody adheres to. Yep. 
is like me paraphrasing in a big way, but like basically the gist of it. And I just, yeah. Slay. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Um, and then this card also introduces a really important motif throughout the rest of the major arcana, which is that like, yeah triangle that Mm -hmm. triad Mm -hmm. of like so you have the pope in the middle and the two people kind of kneeling in front of him that is repeated in the lover's card with the two you know the adam and eve figures and the like angel angel, repeated in the devil Mm -hmm. repeated in the chariot even with the person guiding the chariot and Mm -hmm. the two Sphinxes? Sphinxes or horses if you're doing Marseille. So we see over and over again. And she talks about that as basically introducing this theme of trying to navigate duality Mm. and trying to navigate like divine messages and earthly reality and like living in that space of in between. Right. Those. And the Hierophant is kind of this attempt to navigate that by deferring to an external reality. Yeah. Whereas some of the other cards navigate that tension in much different ways. Right. Which I think is, it puts it in a really nice context of the, of the other major arcana. Yeah. And that gives you a good hard look at the person that you're reading because that right there tells you a lot about someone's like... I don't want to say their character, but, like, how, how how they conduct themselves. No, it's so helpful. Like, if you, yeah, if you're, t- if this comes up to describe somebody, Ooh. it's very important <laughs> to me to know how important authority is to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, right off the bat, that's something that I oftentimes, like, don't even consider a person could see institutions or authority as very important because like I just devalue it so much in my own life. Same. That's very, I think, helpful for yeah, understanding someone's perspective and worldview. I also really enjoyed, you know, the Hierophant is the counterpart in a lot of ways to the high priestess. It's two different takes, like a masculine and a feminine take on spirituality essentially and robert m place in tarot history symbolism and divination says that the hierophant is the exoteric and the high priestess is the esoteric i love that so the hierophant is this like externalization of spirituality divinity divine knowing and the high priestess is connecting with all of that from within. So do you like the idea of the Hierophant being called, like, the high priest? If Alyssa Place published a deck, would you call him high priest? Like, no. Yeah. You know what? I mean, you asked me this question. I don't know how you expect me to not talk about Lindsay Silverman's reimagination <laughs> of the Hierophant right now. <laughs> Lindsay Silverman in the Intuitive Night Goddess Tarot reimagines many of the major arcana, and the Intuitive Night Goddess Tarot does not include any men. So, 
we have all of the like inherently masculine names and like a lot of the reimaginations don't have anything to do with gender but every anything that's like an inherently masculine name is gonna be redefined which Mm. is wonderful and so the hierophant is reimagined as the mystic and i love that for so many reasons and one of the reasons that I love it so much is that it still does a really great job of capturing externalized spirituality, of capturing looking to somebody else to be a conduit between you and the divine. Mm-hmm. The mystic does not like get rid of that paradigm, right? But it modernizes and reimagines as I think mystics or tarot card readers or psychics or spiritual professionals are people that Mel and I and I'm su- I'm assuming many of you love working with because they help us get a different perspective or a different view, different information on the inner work that we're doing and it is a complement to our own inner work that can help get us out of our head and can bring us wisdom that otherwise we just would not have come to on our own. Truly. But it is also external to us. So it is our inner knowing combined with somebody else's inner knowing as opposed to the very traditional hierophant, which is kind of deferring all spiritual power Mm -hmm. to somebody external. Mm -hmm. So honestly, if I had to do it, I wouldn't change a damn thing Mm -hmm. from Lindsay's interpretation because I think that that just, that, that just nails it. Yes. (laughs) Fucking awesome. And just to gush about the imagery for a second do it this is a woman a feminine figure in the nude in the buff in a in her birthday suit (laughs) in like a a little bit of choppy water and it's a very like teal turquoisey water and it's deep color wise not actual depth of the water the water is relatively shallow it's only up to her thighs and then the hair is orange and long and there are these bright orange flowers behind the figure and the figure is you know chest out booty out just gorgeous there's a little like mermaid tail flipping up behind so it could be a creature next to the figure or it could be that her legs at some point turn into a little mermaid tail maybe she's you know got a secret a mermaid um you get the two keys is it two yeah it's two in the rider Waite smith that are kind of traditional for the hierophant you know, holding the key to mm-hmm. spirituality, divinity, God, the key to the truth, right? Knowledge is power type of thing. Sitting inside of a book, which I really love. I do. That's probably, that was the first thing that caught my eye. It's probably my favorite part. Because there's this idea of like, I just think knowledge more broadly being brought into pieces of spiritual authority instead of just one person's will Mm. 
And then there's two big, beautiful full moons, which the moon is, you know, intuition and um, the subconscious. And also there being two of them lends itself to this very, like, ethereal, maybe she's on another planet kind of energy as well. Yeah. Very interesting with the two moons. I absolutely fucking love this card. I can't lie to you. It's gorgeous. Do you know what sign this card is associated with? Is it Libra? No. I thought you were trying to, like, call me out or something. (laughs) No, I just wanted you to guess. That's why I'm covering it. Let me give you a real guess. Virgo? No, but close. It's Taurus. So it is Earth. Why did you guess Virgo? Like, not to sound stupid but like those earthy tendencies of being so like stuck in your way like stick in the mud my way or the highway like you should have just done it my way if things go wrong i told you so if things go wrong it's because you didn't listen well these aren't direct quotes from mel's fiance or anything That is not a slur to any Virgos in my life. (laughs) My Virgos, I love you. But no, all Earth signs to some degree are like that. I'm a Taurus just rising and I can be like that and I recognize that. Right. We were talking about it a few episodes ago. Like, I talk about my feelings as if they're fact. Yeah. I I want people to abide by my warped little weird authority. (laughs) And what the fuck? Well, and... Taurus is fixed Earth as well. (laughs) Which is... Yeah. Scary. And which is also why I think it makes a lot of sense for this card. Um, But what I really loved is the the tarot and astrology book that I use basically explained the relationship between the Hierophant and Taurus as they both represent long-standing ritual and practice Mm -hmm. and the comfort Mm -hmm. associated with that Mm -hmm. because Taurus loves comfort comfort above all else, and it can be so stubborn but it's like stubbornly protecting their peace and so there's this yes the Hierophant can be stuck in its ways backwards like old fucking school but it is also a very safe thing to defer to when nothing else feels solid right the hierophant will be there absolutely but also the reality is that protecting yourself from the change and the scary thing like closes you off from the amazing good thing and like you were just saying in our conversation a little while ago the growth yeah like you are denying yourself of that right absolutely that is a right that you should give yourself yeah and a lot of people unfortunately aren't there yet and that is okay because tarot is cyclical. Right. And you will be there even if that's not the moment you're in currently. Absolutely. And, you know, all of these energies, like, exist in a range for a reason. It's not It's not to say that having that experience of conformity and clinging to something really stable is not a valuable experience. Right. I think that. I think it is. And it's okay to want that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying, like, anarchy. 
Well, well, (laughs) I said it, but, um, (laughs) no, Uh, in all honesty, right. There's, you're drawn to certain structures and institutions for certain reasons, right? but just never give away your freedom and control. 100% agree. And I think that, yeah, like it can be the thing about earth signs. I, I do think broadly is that they're often very committed to working within the structures that already exist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I come at things from my air sign perspective, and I'm like, but why does the structure exist? Yeah. And water signs come at it from their perspective of like, but how does it feel to be in it? You you know? Mm -hmm. And, And fire signs are like, what do I do about it right but also like very chaotic within it where they're like I can work inside of it or I can work outside of it or I can like do whatever I want like there's this like chaos to fire energy but earth signs are like if I am methodical and if I organize and plan well enough I can be very successful within the given structure but inherently in that mindset is an investment in the structure itself. Correct. And I think that that is the part that can be dangerous for you to invest so intensely in a structure that you're not questioning it. Right. At all. And so, yeah, so just just have that balance because there is, you know, there is success at being able to work within the structure, but also... What kind of power are you giving to the structure by doing that? Mm-hmm. And it's twofold. And there's tension there. Like, it's not – I don't think it's – like I said at the beginning, like, this is not a clear-cut answer. I'm not telling you to walk away from this right. with one idea or another. Like, that tension exists in our lives for a reason. Mm-hmm. I want to read this quote from my Tarot del Toro guidebook. The quote is from The Night Eternal. And regarding the Hierophant, it says, It is not faith that distinguishes our real leaders – it is doubt, their ability to overcome it. I like that a lot. I, oh, I like that for so many different reasons. I, I like, there's a darkness in that, I think. This deck is good for that. Like, the darker underbelly of all these things. Because what does it take to overcome doubt? How right. are you overcoming your doubt? Mm-hmm. Are you ignoring valid concerns? I, I agree 100%. I think that leaders are great at overcoming doubt, but to... At what cost? At what cost? By what means? Tarot del Toro, the Hierophant, has the vampire... Well, it's a vampire from The Strain, which is a show, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the concept behind this imagery, because other than the fact that he's a vampire instead of the Pope... It's very Rider weight. Yeah. But the guidebook says, what greater spiritual authority is there than, like, giving someone the afterlife? Like, like, as a vampire does when they change others. Wow. So, like, which, like, not to be this girl, but I love Twilight. And that's, like, a really big part of the story is, like, Edward doesn't think it's morally right to change Bella. Yeah. Where, like, the rest of his family is gung-ho. Yeah. 
not me connecting the Hierophant to Twilight, but like as you should. Am I right? Like, yeah, it's it's who are you to take someone's life away and put them in a different state of being that they have no control over? That's a very. But here it's essentially saying like that it's like a superpower and like a good good quote unquote ish thing. But it makes you question: Can the participants really consent, or is the power difference too great? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it kind of opens up this can of worms of like, even if they want it so badly to be a part of it to be integrated into the institution yeah are they really making their own choice if you've coerced them and and like spilled all your beliefs and programmed them into their head and shit and i i almost do really love this comparison of like a vampire to a religious authority leader yeah yeah or like right kind of the way that institutions take away our power right without us even knowing even if we think it's willing are we really capable of agreeing to that when we don't fully understand the scope of the power that they have over us mm-hmm. yeah love that right that's really dope we didn't really talk about reversals, did we? No, although the reversal's pretty straightforward for me. What is it? Well, you you talked about it a little bit. You were like, I feel like my upright interpretation is how people often see the reverse. Yeah. But yeah, there's like this A piece of like breaking conformity, breaking conventions, like mm-hmm. doing the unconventional when says Being in the minority, going against the norm, being unconventional, a sharp divergence from traditionalism. Mm -hmm. There's that piece of it. And then there's also the piece of finding authority within, Mm -hmm. which go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So Tarot del Toro very much considers the reversed meaning as a shift in the archetype, the hierophant, not the querent or the person who may be listening to the hierophant if that makes sense so like please say it again sorry you just framed it in a way where it's a the card itself is about the person you're reading this is framed in a way of like like the actual definition in this guidebook is written as if this card only comes up as another person in the querent's life okay do you get what i'm saying yeah which is honestly not too common i feel at least in the tarot books i read like to have a whole definition where like it's just dedicated to like an external person right but i like i don't know it's interesting because with the hierophant in particular like it's talking about sure your approach to authority but also representing the authority that you're deferring to at the same time right so it kind of becomes one and the same. Yeah. In a way, yeah. What, but what about that? But let me read it. Yeah. So it says, Inverted, this card becomes the Inquisitor, 
who punishes any deviation from his strict and blindsided doctrine. I I wondered if that was the direction it was going. His judgment is short-sighted and shallow. His faith, fanatical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 uh. It's giving cult. It's you giving heard cult. it here first. The Hierophant is Donald Trump and my father. <laughs> fanatical (laughs) no but yeah i mean it's giving call and it's also giving late stage capitalism and it's giving our like ugly corrupt government as well how fitting and how useful i'm gonna have an existential crisis when we finish recording whoopsies I feel like existential crisis is your emotional baseline. It is. Yeah. No, that's why I'm sitting here. I'm I'm thrilled. You're thriving. That's exactly what I mean by I find comfort in other people's discomfort because I live here. No, I get it. I live here. I get it. I think that's true for a lot more people than you realize. And I think we could get a little like support group going for you. So you could feel like this always. (laughs) I don't know if I should be friends with more people like me, though, because, like, I'm too too crazy. (laughs) I need people who, like, bring me back to Earth. I know. It's funny, like, our relationship dynamic, I feel like we're just similar enough. (laughs) But we're wildly different, too. We are. We are. I feel like... Well, I don't know if that's true. I feel like people might like read us as more similar than I see us as, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I yeah. think that too. But anywho. More imagery? I don't really have anything like profound to say about the imagery. That's okay. I do. Okay. <laughs> Great. So... In the Pride Tarot, we have the Hierophant as the Messenger, and it's by Christy C. Road. And I think this is very unique for any tarot deck, but it's not like an ambiguous character. It's like a portrait of a real person. So the Messenger card portrays, hopefully I'm not butchering, Genesette Gutierrez, an activist for transgender rights and immigration protection. She is the founding member of La Familia Trans Queer Liberation Movement. The messenger articulates three levels of consciousness. The physical plane where you interact with the ideas, culture, language, and people who surround you. The astral plane where transitional energies and the spirits of your ancestors reside. And the institutionalized plane where your hopes, fears, and values are prescribed by authority figures. Can I, like, look at that and process it with my brain? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's a crazy expansion of the Hierophant. And, like, the way that it feels so more, like, transcending and, like, Mm. instead of, like, being, like, immediately reminding me of Catholicism, it's, like, with that definition considered, we're approaching the rest of the world through, like, like a witchy spiritual lens which i think is really like weird but in an interesting way yeah and then to like combine that with a real person yeah is like a little weird and maybe like disjointed but i think it's good yeah like i like it but 
I don't know. Definitely not how I like read the card, I guess. Like, I have to be honest. I, I don't I don't get it. Like, yeah, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I don't understand like the physical plane, the astral plane and then the institutional plane. Like that's uh, I don't know. Institutions definitely don't live above the astral, astral plane. plane. Like that doesn't make any sense to me and like an air sign did not write this description. <laughs> I'm not into it, yeah. I mean, here's what I will say that's nice. <laughs> Whoa. I think that it's interesting to reframe the Hierophant as the messenger. I think that it almost it takes away some of the institutional power and makes it feel more like you're just talking to like a prophet or something. Yeah. Who's just like channeling. Yeah. Um, it's not dissimilar from the mystic, honestly. True. Like, you know, somebody who's getting that information from the divine for you, mm-hmm. but maybe not like sanctioning what you do with that information Mm. which gives you more freedom right they're more so just a channel yeah than like an authority figure yeah i guess and i like i right i like that it's political we spent so much of yeah this episode talking about how political it is yeah so that is from the pride tarot it's nothing deep but i pulled out the one from cosmic cunt it's an alien floating, like, crisscross applesauce and doing the little, like, Star Wars, Star Trek hand thing yeah. um, with a chain around her neck and green lipstick on. And the little alien friends are just below her listening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love her. It's cute. It's mad cute. This is, like... I love those little guys. This is the vibe of... um like our virtual workshops <laughs> yeah. like i feel like we're just floating like talking and everyone's like ah yeah <laughs> that's really fucking funny <laughs> holy shit oh my god yep so there's that little guy and then let's end it with a fucking bang i've been waiting an hour and 22 minutes to talk about this my Hierophant in the Guido Tarot Jersey Shore inspired Major Arcana deck that I created with my best friend Autumn is Mike the Situation. Yes. I, so Autumn, I'm the concept person. Autumn was the illustrator. So I had Autumn draw inspiration from a very early episode where Mike would like go around and like just walk up to strangers at the club and pull his shirt up and hope for the best and like show off his abs and literally like people would just flock to him and the cameras for it so that was like one piece of inspiration the other piece of inspiration if you've watched jersey shore especially in the first two seasons mike like names himself the boss of the house he calls himself the daddy of the house. Oh my God. He makes there's I, I'm on season two rewatching it right now. He smacks Snooky in the face one night because she wasn't leaving the same time he wanted to. Like crazy, crazy behavior. 
crazy behavior. Like, that's how much he thought he was in control. Jesus fucking Christ. They've made up. There's been apologies. He is sober now. The man has turned his life around, and I can't wait to read his book that just came out. But this was a bad time for him. But my point in saying all this is that he thought he was in control. Like, he thought he was the Hierophant type shit. And, yeah. The arrogance. I, I leaned into that, like, like what I referred to as maybe the reversed yeah. definition. His arrogance, his harshness, his, um, like, I don't know. He's a dickhead for a lot of the show. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, like an inflated sense of importance for sure (laughs) i love that yeah any closing thoughts i don't think so well (laughs) me i don't think so let me just keep talking (laughs) um you know i just think that this is such a rich card and this conversation made me really excited to talk about the high priestess as well i cannot wait to do that episode i know um I think that this is such a quintessential card about spirituality in the tarot and we really wanted to hit those spiritual those spiritual cards this season so this is a really fun one Mm -hmm. for that and I hope we've done justice to how many ways you can really interpret the energy at hand here absolutely and you know what i like about the hierophant is because i've i've said before and i it's true i often get frustrated when you read the interpretation of a card and you're like there's 10 different definitions here how the hell am i ever supposed to read this and the hierophant is one where it's versatile and it's, it's expansive but it just makes so much sense to me to be read that way because all of those meanings are so deeply interconnected this is a this is a mind expanding card. This is a card that comes up and there is just a lot there. Yeah. Um and I love that. Slay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Can't wait to do more major arcana cards. So stay the fucking stay fucking to stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You're making fun of me. <laughs> Stop it. It's cuz you're my friend. <laughs> I want to be your friend. Yeah, we're friends. best friends. Thanks for listening. To keep up with the Arcane Dames, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, or consider joining our Patreon. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.